Welcome to Below the Fold, the most honest and raw digital marketing podcast around. It's good to be back. Coming back with a bang. I might be hiring someone to speak for me. So you think you're an SEO ninja, eh? That was just my little fantasy in the back of my head. Here's the tip. Oh, I know the tip. Are you the one who told me the tip? I need you to come up with 50 business ideas. I'll be back in two hours. I think I need a new title. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Below the Fold. This show is for marketers, startups, and anyone else wanting to know the ins and outs, the ups and downs of digital marketing. I'm Jacob Perry, and this week I'm joined by Paxton Gray, and our guest this week is Alex MacArthur from Purple. How's it going? Great. How are you? Good. Thank you for coming on the show. So we're going to start with some current events. Uh, we've got a few things to run through, and then we'll get back over to Alex. Uh, so one of the biggest things that's coming up is Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday. Nine days, 15 hours, 12 minutes, and 58 seconds until the coin toss. Are you a football guy, Actually, Jacob? No, I'm not. Are you a football guy? I love college football, not as much pro. I don't, okay. even, I don't even know if they do a coin toss. Do they do a coin toss? Yes, they do. They do, a, they do a coin toss. Uh, I am not a football guy, but Go in sports. my entire life, I have never missed a Super Bowl. And that includes the two years I spent on, in Mexico on my mission. I somehow caught the Super Bowl in Mexico. Wow. Uh, I love the Super Bowl. And I, on the other hand, have only watched one Super Bowl in my that whole is, life. That is crazy to me. Do you watch the Super Bowl, Alex? Every year. Every year. I watch for the commercials, all the good stuff. Yeah. I love the commercials. That's like really what got me into advertising is the Super Bowl in a large way. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited to talk to watch about the Super Bowl to watch the Super Bowl and to talk about uh, what you've brought for the show. So, uh, Snickers this year is uh, breaking records. I don't know if there's a record for it, but they are doing something that's unprecedented, and that is uh, they're doing a live ad, uh, and they've got Adam Driver. <clears throat> excuse me, they've got Adam Driver who's going to be acting it. They've released four different thirty-second clips uh, teasers. Kind of giving you an idea of what it's going to be like. What are, what are those? Uh, let us know. Uh, there's a horse that's going to be involved. Okay. <laughs> and a dead cowboy. That's it? That's, that's all we know? Yeah, that's from it. From four 30-second clips, that's all we know. That's right. But just from that, that's already the main thing I'm looking forward to for the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah right. that's going to be awesome. Uh, I love that there's an animal involved because it being live, that means something could go wrong. I mean, small chance, but possibility. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm crossing my fingers for is that something happens that's not supposed to happen. I, I, it I doesn't think matter if it works out or not. It'll be yeah. huge. It's super smart to do something totally different when you do. I mean, they're spending millions to do a Super Bowl ad, right? Mm -hmm. So why just do something like everybody else? Add some unique factor. And, and that's what they're doing by making it live. You know, somebody else is going to have to come up with something yeah. crazy different in the future to be mem remembered. But uh, yeah, totally. How, how many are they projecting to view this year? 154 million or something? Uh, I don't know. I think it's less. It, like, I, if I remember correctly, I think the numbers are going down. A lot of big sponsors have been pulling out uh, people that have been doing it uh, a lot in the past. And I think it's due to lower lower numbers and lower response, um, like ROI. What What do you mean sponsors? Uh, I. I this is just off the top of my head, so I don't remember who, but something like you know Budweiser, who was like a classic. Oh, they're not, so when you say sponsor, you're saying people making ads, brands like brands that always are part of the Super Bowl. A couple of them have pulled out. I don't remember which ones. I think Doritos 
officially ended their Crash the Super Bowl campaign, which those of you who don't know, uh, they always uh, have three spots that were created by users. Mm-hmm. And whoever, if if any of those Doritos spots makes it into the top three Super Bowl ads, uh, like the winner gets a million dollars if they can get the top spot and then like uh, prize money as it goes down. Mm-hmm. And so it's always generated a lot of buzz because it was unique, like Alex was saying, uh, where users create the content. Obviously, it's free for Doritos. They don't have to any production. Um, and they get lots and lots of people involved. So I think it was a genius idea, but uh, probably just because it's a little played out. I think they're they're this is the first year they're not doing it. Doritos isn't doing it? Is I don't know. I, yeah. Well, they're not doing Crash the Super Bowl. They are. Oh, got I, they may be doing spots. I don't know. So in 2014, a record was set when an average of 112 million were watching. So I don't think it's going to be 152 million this year. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so either. Okay. Especially because it's the Patriots again, man. <laughs> yeah, no one, no one is to see that. Only if they lose. Okay, the second thing was Twitter. Twitter announces Explore, which is a discovery tool, basically competing with uh, the trending stuff in Facebook. What's yeah. that called? Uh, oh, it's called Facebook Trending. Trending, <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you on uh, Twitter a lot, Alex? Um, I was years ago. I'm less and less on there now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it's something that's faded for me with time. Yeah. Everyone, like I've talked about it here on the show, like every once in a while I get on this kick, like I need to be on Twitter, I need to be like growing my following, and then I do it for uh, like a day, and then I'm like, ah, I'm sick of this. I'm the same way, but you feel guilty for yeah. some reason. Like you're yeah. supposed to be there as a <laughs> right. marketer, right? Yeah, totally. So but it's just like it's just like a, a big old empty room, or I guess a big old room full of robots talking at each other. No one's listening. It's just, it's not a satisfying platform, I don't think. Yeah, I agree. Coming from the article, Twitter's own style of trending stories has been announced today. It's called Explore. The objective of this feature is to consolidate trending stories into one central location. The Explore tab, which is coming soon, will allow Twitter users to find trends, moments, search, and live video under one roof. So what's the difference between this and, like, trending hashtags? Uh, nothing. That's why it's really not that big of a deal. (laughs) It's just combining all of those things in one tab. So instead Uh, of a hashtag, this could be stories specifically. Well, so do you know what moments is on Twitter? No, that's probably the coolest part of Twitter. And what I like the most, it's Uh, kind of like the news section. Yeah. Like it actually pulls out tweet, like pulls out some of the most popular tweets about this particular topic. And uh, you, you can scroll through 20 tweets that gives you a good idea of like what's going on with that topic. Sometimes they're funny. Sometimes it's pop culture or politics. Uh, so all this is doing is combining those uh, Twitter moments with trending hashtags. And I don't remember what the third one is in one tab. So it's really not that that big of a, a deal. Okay. Well, then let's not spend any more time on it. Please. And the last thing I have is Facebook begins to test a feature to kill Snapchat. Basically, Instagram stories are coming to Facebook mobile near you. So right now, I guess it's in beta testing in Ireland. Uh, but it, it uh, they have a screenshot here. It looks just like Instagram stories, the little circle with the profile picture at the top, and you click on it. And it I imagine they say that it's going to kill it because Facebook is so much larger than Instagram. Because huh. that's kind of what they were saying when Instagram did it. Do you guys do any Facebook marketing at Purple? Mm-hmm. We are very heavy, very heavy on Facebook, maybe too heavy. Uh, we were actually at Facebook last week, and they talked about, uh, you know, we met with, they talked about Instagram as well, and face, Instagram stories 
just the minute it launched, it was already the users on stories alone for Instagram was larger than Snapchat as a whole. Oh, really? The minute it launched. Yeah. Hmm. So that's what's funny to me about this is like they already released the they Snapchat already killer. Killed Snapchat. Right. And so in some ways they're killing their own platform. Mm-hmm. Like they're just killing Instagram. Hmm. It's like they want the one world order of social networks. Yeah. Basically what I'm hearing from you, Paxton, is that uh, all all news we've gone through is pretty much not newsworthy. No, Snickers, man. That was a good one. <laughs> we should have ended <laughs> on like that, that one. one. Uh, that's all I have. Do you have anything else? I feel like you had one other thing that you want to talk about, Paxton. Um, we already talked about it before, but like uh, officially Google uh, released, uh, like killed um, – a ton of different platforms for fake news. Um, so you like they you can't find them. They uh, they are banned from AdWords and stuff like that. In addition to to Facebook, but we already talked about that a little bit back when they announced that they were going to do it. So basically, the news is they officially did it. How are they? How are they distinguishing between fake and real news? Uh, I don't know. Do you know that? I have no idea. But there's no way we're not going. It, it won't be ended this year. We'll yeah. continue to hear about it for oh, sure. years to come. Well, sure. I and mean, what's stopping some fake news website from just starting another one? Yeah, how can they ban them from their AdWords? Come on, give me some answers here. Uh, it's uh, it's the same way. News. It's the same way that they ban pharma sites and other industries from AdWords. I mean, I mean those pharma sites can create new ones, uh, but they have built into their algorithm, their AdWords algorithm, trigger words and things that mm. can indicate a review. So I with, get that with, with fake pharma, news. But, I don't. Yeah, I exactly. don't know. It's I don't know how that's going to work out. The, the churn and burn site builders, they'll find some tactic to get back in there. Sure. And what's interesting, too, I I love the whole fake news thing because everyone on all sides of it are adopting the idea of fake news, but then just applying it to whatever they disagree with. Um, and so, like, Facebook and Google, both uh, very liberal, uh, like, a lot of it is going to extremist right-wing stuff, but a lot of the extreme right-wing people are saying... Yeah, there's tons of fake news out there. I mean, look at CNN, bunch of fake news. And, and so like, and that's, so I don't know, that's what I find it's humorous. True and so I think it's going to turn, like, while, what Google is trying to do as a public service, uh, I think that has the potential to look negative and just biased when what they're trying to do is, is eliminate what is actually, a lot of it is fake. Uh, I don't know, it's interesting. Hmm. Real quick, Pax, uh, why does your voice sound so much more sexy this <sighs> week? I just started smoking. So I recommend it. Nah, man, I'm sick again. This is like the third time in the past two months that I've been sick on the show. So, well, thanks for showing up anyway. Okay. So any other news? All right, let's move on to Alex MacArthur. Alex, why don't you take 30 to 60 seconds and tell us what, uh, who you are and what you do. So Alex MacArthur, uh, unfortunately the main thing I'm known for is my gray hair, uh, which is fading, which makes me very sad. I'm losing my identity. Uh, so I'm it's going, fading I'm, from gray to no, I'm losing the oh. hair. Oh, oh so, I see what you're saying. <laughs> so the, yeah, the, the, the hair is disappearing. So I'm growing the beard since I have this nice gray yeah. you, that you can't see. This nice gray circle around my chin, which will keep me unique. You know, yeah, keep nice. me I skipped out, the so. gray and just went to the fading. Yeah, yeah, you, you got that. You got that down. <laughs> I've got that. Yeah. Um, uh, family man. Uh, didn't grow up in Utah, moved all over the place. My dad was a nuclear physicist, so mainly lived in the South, uh, North Carolina, Tennessee. Uh, lived in Walnut Creek, California for a couple years. Uh, came to Utah to go to BYU, got married, never left, and nice. ha- have been in the uh, digital marketing world ever since. How awesome. long have you been in Utah? 
since 96. Okay, so it's been over 20 years now. Yes, it has. That's a good amount of time. That's what uh, kept me here. I always planned on going and working at a big, sexy New York agency and then got engaged to a girl who wanted to stay in Utah, and here I am. Similar story. We're all there. Yeah. yeah. No, I did move here for a girl. She dumped me 11 days after I got here. <laughs> was but story. I stayed anyway. I, I, I want to kind of deepen, or I want to dive into uh, credentials. I want to know where you've worked and, and what brought you to Purple. Sure. What, well, first, I guess, what got you into the digital marketing world? So when, when I started to get interested in it was when I got a hold of WordPress early on. It wasn't the main blogging platform at that point, but I loved WordPress. I was playing around with all kinds of different sites, affiliate sites, a lot of things that people explore early on in their careers. Um, so I was you know, building sites and testing things, and that's what really started it out. And I eventually was doing SEO consulting early on, mm-hmm. and that, that made me some good connections. Uh, so I met uh, Jay Bean, who was the founder of Orange Soda, and I came on early on there. I was the fourth employee, I think, uh, which ended up being two to 300 employees uh, before it was acquired. Uh, also spent time at SEO.com, uh, Perch, which owns you know 15 major properties. I was the vice president of internet marketing there. Uh, and then also I did a lot of consulting in the uh, network marketing world where I kind of sold out for a few years, and that was good experience as well. Uh, <laughs> And since then, I've been at Purple, and it's been an awesome, awesome ride. Uh, you know, a lot of great uh, things have happened there. An amazing team has been built. Uh, one of the fastest growing companies in the, in the state at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you you built that team from scratch, uh, I'm assuming, so, or did you walk into a team? So I started as a consultant in November of uh, 2015. Okay. And uh, individual, a good friend of mine named Chris Knudsen actually brought me on. Uh, and then we launched the the brand Purple in January of 2016, uh, and since then we've built you know a massive uh, team, and it's continuing to grow. And we have a bunch of openings right now as well. Awesome. Uh, so as you've uh, uh, helped to build out the marketing team, you know there's a lot of people. Uh, like I've met a lot of people on your marketing team, uh, Bryant uh, and uh, a couple other people, and they're all like fantastic marketers. What, what are some tips that you have for someone who's assembling, uh, let's say they have a, a, a small to medium level business and they're looking to start taking some of the marketing stuff off their plate? Because usually entrepreneurs have to do all that. Uh, but when they're ready to make that step, what do you think they should be looking for as they're looking out to build out that team? You know, there's a lot of default answers that come to my head, like training and, and all these things. But to be honest, the real thing that made a difference for us, I think, was networking. And taking the time to meet as many people as you can and, you know, pulling in the, the best that we could find. That, that's easily what I'd point back our success to in terms of marketing is, you know, we, we've killed more than one agency because, you know, we found an agency that we liked and we liked their employees and we ended up killing them and bringing them in. Uh, so there was actually a video agency that we used that we really liked, killed them and brought them internally, a uh, content marketing agency that we loved, uh, and we killed them as well and brought them internally. Oh, really? Just in the past year, you've done that? Just in the past year. Wow. Yep. Who who were those companies? So Content Hook uh, was my favorite local content marketing agency. Uh, and so they had two employees. Uh, it was a, you know, a smaller agency. They had a lot of people that they outsourced work to, and we brought them both internally. The other one on the video front was called Slant Video, uh, and his name's Scott Dastrup. And he, you know, he had done a vast majority of the top Kickstarter videos in the, in the state. And so he's been a great addition to the team as well. So 
being that you you hired someone for video, I know that you guys also worked with um, the Harmon Brothers for yes. your Goldilocks video. Did 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 he play like the directing role in that ex- executing that video, or how how was he involved? So Scott actually did our first Kickstarter video. So what launched Purple initially in the very beginning was a Kickstarter video. And then the Harmon Brothers launched the Goldilocks video, which was amazing. Uh, and, and I will give them the biggest endorsement that I possibly can in saying that, you know, anything the Harmon Brothers touches is cl- as close to gold or as close to a guaranteed win as possible. It, it's, it's pricey, but they are amazing at what they do. Um, can, can, you, can you tell us how much that cost? I wish that I could. Huh. Yeah. But that's okay. They're worth it. Yeah? Yeah. Yep. That's good to know. So I want to talk a little bit about Goldilocks because in a way Goldilocks is kind of like a mascot of purple. Like when you think purple, it's almost synonymous with seeing Goldilocks. You go to the homepage and she's there at least three different times. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you guys seen any ad fatigue with Goldilocks? There is some. And, and to be honest, this is a really good topic because we've had a lot of different feedback about brand building yeah. and we've built a massive brand. I mean, the best example I can give you to show how quickly the brand has been built is there are multiple billion dollar companies in the mattress space. Uh, for example, Serta, Sealy, Simmons, those are like the original big three S mattress companies, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, they've been somewhat stagnant for decades. And within one year, if you look at Google trends, we've drastically surpassed their, their interest level online and the amount of people searching for them. Um, and yeah, Goldilocks has definitely, uh, played a part in that, but my, my belief is that brands get boring really quickly. And for a company like us, that's heavy on video, uh, and that's on social channels, Facebook, YouTube, those are our two, two of our primary channels right now. Um, you know, we can't be a Geico and have, uh, just, or no progressive is, is the one that has flow, right? Flow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you know, if, if that was an ad on YouTube, people kind of get burnt out. As soon as they see your face, they already know. And a lot of people believe in that type of brand building. And most agencies will create one icon and then continually use that person. Yeah. We actually have all kinds of different things. And a, a typical brand builder or any brand book that you read will tell you I'm a, I'm a complete idiot. Yeah. That we're going all over the place and we're spreading ourselves too thin. Uh, one of the most consistent bits of feedback that we get is people look forward to not being able to predict what we're going to do next. I mean, we have a Sasquatch video. We have a, a sumo Sumos, video. Yeah. yeah. You I'll almost co- have a different persona for each product that you sell. Exactly. Uh, so that, that our audience almost, you know, I, we can't compare ourselves to GoPro or anything like that, but in a way we're, a, you know, a content creation company as well. And people look forward to our entertainment and our media that we put out there. Um, so Goldilocks is definitely one of the primary characters and she, you know, she's awesome for the brand. Uh, but we also believe in, in having multiple characters mm-hmm. so that they can, you know, we can approach different audiences, different age groups, different demos. So, so Goldilocks, the Goldilocks video has been viewed millions and millions and millions of times. I imagine most people have seen it mm-hmm. in most cases, people would switch, right? Find someone or f- do another video with her. Or switch characters for your main product, which is the mattress. Is that something you guys have talked about, or is that in is that in the future? So there's actually four videos with Goldilocks. Um, there's a side sleeper, a back sleeper, a pressure mapper video, and then the main Goldilocks video. Uh, and most of those all have multiple millions of views already. Hmm. The main Goldilocks video has over a hundred million views. Um, 
But yes, we would love to continue to do more with, with Goldilocks in the future and other characters. So we're not just going to limit ourselves to one personality. So what, what, what products do you currently offer? So there's quite a variety already. Most things you imagine with, uh, you know, a bed experience. So the mattress is the obvious uh, starting product. We have sheets. We have a mattress protector. Uh, we have, you know, a foundation. Um, and then we also offer some ancillary products that other sleep companies don't have that are comfort related, such as, you know, seat cushions mm. uh, and back cushions. So th- those are the primary products. So I have, I have, a, I have a quick question. This is uh, pictures normally don't do well with podcasts because I can't show pictures. But as I'm on your website, uh, first of all, one thing that I would look for or that I have looked for as a customer of Purple was a box spring. Mm-hmm. Is, and, and that's not something you guys have. Is that right? And we intentionally don't have that. We don't believe in box springs. So we actually tear down that whole concept. Oh, okay. And we believe that our foundation plus Purple is all you need. Uh, our, our foundation is actually higher than a t- typical foundation and a box spring really serves no purpose other than dust mites and, you know, just yeah. taking up space. And so some beds need it. Yeah. Uh, the purple bed does not. Yeah. In my case, what I want it for is to raise the bed. Yeah. Uh, and, and you could use a box spring. We just, we don't offer one because we yeah. don't think it's necessary and we'll continue to have different, you know, uh, higher foundations. And there's yeah. actually... I wish I could tell you we have another product we're launching just in the next couple of week, weeks here that I think might solve what you're talking about. Oh, good. I'll look out for it. So as I mentioned before, pictures don't normally do well on, on podcasts, but uh, the this thing auto-changes. So there's a picture on your website as I'm, as I'm in the shopping area. This thing just below the mattress here, what is that? Is that's, that it? that's what I'm hinting at. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. That's, that's the next product so, to come out. So, so people can see the next product that's coming out. We suddenly put it out there. Not too, too many people have noticed yet. So you're, you're one of the few, you're very observant. Nice job. <laughs> so, so, so you it, can't tell me what I, that is. I can tell you the page is actually live. Oh, it is. Uh, okay. So on purple.com slash power base, it's an adjustable base. Um, what and, does that mean? Adjustable base means that it can and move and, uh, you know, create, uh, you know, we have a video coming out for that as well. That's going to explain it much better than I can. Yeah. Um, mm. And that one's actually a whole new character as well. That's going to be pretty exciting. But an adjustable base uh, allows you to recline, recline, move the bed. Uh, you know, there's a great um, uh, massaging feature on there. And there's quite a few other features that I'm not going to give away just yet that yeah. will they'll come out in the announcement. No, that's awesome. Very cool. Uh, can, you, you already told people where to find the, page. I know. Can I just read this first. Sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. Transform your bed into the Optimus prime of comfort. I like that. Is that uh-huh. a hint as to what the character is? There's all kinds of features. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's actually okay. not Optimus prime, right. uh, okay. but that does it get, it gives you a it, good though. hint. Yeah. You, you won't be surprised when you see it. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, so how involved uh, are you as a CMO in product development? Are you, are you kind of just handed, here's a new product, you fig- figure it out how to get it in there? Or are you doing market research to figure out, hey, hey guys, like this would be a good opportunity? Uh, like are you in product marketing at all? Sure. We have weekly meetings where we're discussing our products and timelines and features and do we believe the quality meets what we want it to. Uh, we've moved really fast and, and we've possibly launched too many products too fast. Uh, I think we might slow down a little bit, but our long-term goals are to be a comfort company. So we will continue to innovate and launch a variety of new products. Mm-hmm. So our our goal is not to be a mattress company. So innovation is key to what we do. That's right. 
And so that will be reflected in the volume of products that you see. That's that's actually pretty tough because right now I think you're perceived as a mattress company. Mm-hmm. For and, sure. And that's something you're trying to get away from, right? But there's hundreds of other mattress companies yeah. and part of what made what has made Purple so successful is differentiation. Our marketing is totally different than anybody else in the space. Mm-hmm. Uh, our product is very different than anything else in the space. Everything else is memory foam and latex in different orders with different amounts, and that's all it is. And memory foam was invented 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. So everything we do is is something that's pretty different. So we are not just going to be a mattress company. We will be a comfort company. Yeah, yeah. I love that. It's all, it seems like it's like technology is uh, more associated with your company than your competitors, especially with this new product coming out. Sure. Have you seen any competitors? You had mentioned some of the brands earlier, some of the traditional Serta and Simmons and all them. Have you seen them change their strategy at all to try to catch up as far as uh, the the Google trends like you mentioned? Like what are they doing to – because normally you, you look at the the giants, the, the Goliaths in the space, and you, and you kind of try to mimic what they're doing to try to be as successful as them. But when you surpass them as far as your branding and your ability to attract consumers – uh, in that way, I think some of the Goliaths start to look at you. Have you seen that at all? Um, I haven't seen it in their strategies. They're acknowledging us. The first six months, they didn't acknowledge us. Yeah. We were never mentioned. What, what does the When you say they acknowledge us, what does that look like? So I would have never known this, but there's a huge mattress marketing industry. There's all kinds of conferences, and it's, it's crazy. Do you go to those? Uh, I'm about to start going to those. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it. Um, but it's... They haven't changed their marketing because they're big, right? It it will take them a long time to change it. And so to be honest, to me, the new, the next new company is, I'm more fearful of that than I am of the larger companies changing. Uh, They do know about us. They've written about us in articles over the last six months. We're starting to see more. I saw a really interesting one yesterday. Like comparison articles? Where a CEO of one of those major companies specifically mentioned our name and said, we're not as good at marketing as Purple yet. But all that means to me is they're about to try to spend a lot yeah. of money, and my guess is they spend it improperly. Right. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, so I have a question. Um, you know, you started off at uh, – did you start as a consultant? Or purple? You, yeah. No, st- before, before Purple. Before like Purple. In your career. Yeah, I've, I've done a lot of consulting. And even at Purple, I was a consultant for the first few months. I actually hired some of the team before I was a full-time employee. So, <laughs> so you've been a consultant. You've worked at agencies. You're working in brand side. Um, in your experience, having uh, worked at agencies and worked with agencies, what do you feel like agencies uh, just keep getting wrong? Uh, and what, like, what can agencies do to improve to to provide a better service? This well, is a self serving question. For okay, and, yeah. And so this, I mean, I work in an agency. You know, and this is a rough one for me because again, half my career was agencies, half was in house, and I love some agencies and I really hate some other agencies that I've used. It's it's tough because, you know, a, a good employee at an agency can provide a certain amount of value. That same good employee in a company can provide substantially more value and have more impact, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, an, an agency employee gets spread out across so many things, and they rarely get to finish a project. Uh, I, I believe in using agencies at the right time for certain projects, but if I can get a quality of individual that, that – meets my expectations, I'd rather have them internal mm-hmm. than I would through an agency. So what do you feel like that right time is for a company? To use an agency? Uh, 
you know, in a high growth phase when they're experimenting with something new. Uh, you know, in my opinion, you know, video has become vital to us, and I'll, and I'll give the Harmon Brothers massive props on that. Uh, can we afford to use them for every video we do? No. Uh, would I love to use them in the future? Yes, and I, and I will do, I will do so. Uh, but it's, you know, now that we've realized how high and how well video can convert for us, we've, we've done as much as we can to do more of that internally Mm -hmm. and to scale that. And, you know, if a customer sees a video, uh, you know, they remember the brand, they remember our personality, they learn more about the features than if they go to a landing page. So that's, that's the example I give. We would test something with an agency and probably not pay them forever to do that same thing. Sure. In other words, if it were successful, you would just kill that agency, take all their employees and do it yourself. Uh, it sounds like we've done that <laughs> a time or two. And, and I wouldn't always do that. Obviously, it doesn't make sense. You know, the Harmon mm-hmm. brothers are awesome and super successful, and we could not kill them and bring them into right. right? Sure. So there's exceptions to that. And, and, and there's massive agencies in New York and L.A. that, uh, you know, did a lot of the work for Apple, for example, and, you know, they, they didn't bring them in-house. So – I'm just speaking from my perspective yeah. at the speed of, you know, the growth that we're going through and the need for people to be there and, and make a difference immediately. Uh, for us, it makes more sense to have people internally. So I, I lean towards that now. But when I was in an agency, I was given the exact opposite pitch. And I can give that pitch too if you'd like me to. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm interested in kind of what you, what you believe now at this point in, in your career. And, um, so what, 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 do you, what do you think an agency would have to do to have you think otherwise being in where you are now they have to be cutting edge and like the tip of the spear with what they do Mm -hmm. if they're average with what they do and to be honest most utah agencies are average Mm -hmm. with what they do there aren't a ton of elite utah agencies um so they have to be cutting edge and be doing they have to take chances to be honest with you i think that would be the key to it they have to try new things and not just copy all the blog posts they read about whatever marketing tactic they promote Right. Well, I also imagine, especially in your case, and, and if you ask this question to, to 10 people, you, you'll likely get 10 different answers. But with someone with so much experience, I imagine they'd have to teach you something you didn't already know. I mean, I guess there's other examples. There are other cases, too. So like an agency that I'm willing to pay a lot of money would have to be cutting edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, an agency that could do something that we don't do yet that becomes super repetitive. You're you just, know, maybe I'd pay somebody. just outsourcing at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's interesting. I like that. Uh, I like that point a lot because I mean, that's the, that's the magic of the Harmon brothers is they just do a bunch of weird stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what's earned them their popularity is how weird their stuff is. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to you know the stuff that they do with testing on in paid, you know, testing segments of the videos, uh, which you spoke about a little bit at SLCSCM. Well, they also go against conventional wisdom as far as the length of their videos, right? We're talking sure. over three. Yeah, I mean, they're taking cases. they're taking a lot of risks in what yeah. they do. So, and, uh, so I mentioned I was at Facebook last week. We also stopped yeah. by YouTube and spent some time with them. And, you know, they gave us a reminder. Everybody's trying to figure out algorithms and, you know, SEO of old people list. I'm trying to guess the 200 factors to rank stuff. And, right. and with YouTube, uh, they said the thing that's least considered that's the most important is seconds viewed. And a lot of people try to imagine, is it the full run through of the video? Do they watch the whole video? What percentage of the video did they watch? And they said that does not matter. It's how many seconds they watch. So imagine what if you made a 10-minute video to promote your company and only five people watched it all the way through and the rest of the people watched the first two minutes. I mean, the average video on YouTube is a couple, you know, 30 seconds is a typical commercial. But if people, if a couple, even 10% of your viewers watch the whole thing, you you are going to have algorithm 
uh, you know, you're going to get the benefit yeah. uh, compared to the typical 30-second commercial. So basically if you release a 30-second video, you're, in some ways you're shooting yourself in the foot by not giving them even the opportunity to watch more if they wanted to. Sure. It, it, you know, that, that's not it, – it's hard to explain because, you know, I'm not just going to make a long video for the sake of making a long sure. video. If there's no substance to it, I wouldn't make it that long. And, you know, if you look at a lot of the videos that the Harmon Brothers have done well or some of our videos – uh, some of them are around four minutes and that's not intentional. It's not, the goal isn't to be four minutes or three and a half right. minutes or that's just how long it takes to get the message out. Yeah. It, getting across the features is the main. So if it took six minutes, we would do six minutes. Right. If it only took three, cause there's two features, we'll do three or two or one. But uh, I, I found that really interesting that the product manager over YouTube specifically said, a lot of people think it's, you know, the percentage of what mm-hmm. they watch, and that's not the case. It's literally the number of seconds that is one of the main drivers of how yeah, it ranks. We actually talked about that a few weeks ago with uh, Anthony Ambrose. Ambrose. Uh, and as I'm sitting here thinking about it now, it's almost like you can look at the percentage of your viewers who are finishing it, and you almost don't want 100% of people to finish, right? Because that tells you, oh, it's not long enough. Too short. Yeah. That's too short. Yeah. So now it becomes a numbers game of, what percentage is like the golden rule? How many of – if 100 people watch my video, how many of them should get all the way through to tell me that this is a good – You just blank? started a whole new industry, video right. length optimization, yeah. right? There's going to be a whole team of people out there. Yellow. That's right. Yeah. So awesome. I need to trademark that. I want to get into consumer financing. So switching gears just a little bit. How long have you guys been doing consumer financing? It was pretty soon from when we launched. All of the competitors, you know – Purple was not the first bed-in-the-box company. Yeah. There's other companies out there. Uh, most of them are using a firm, and that's the same uh, you know, company that we're using. So within a couple months, we had a firm turned on. So I want uh, the reason I ask is because Vivin is about to turn on consumer financing, which is a huge, huge, huge business model change. Uh, historically, Vivint has taken on the debt themselves, right? So we install – all this equipment, $1,500 worth of equipment. And then over the next, over the term of the contract, we basically get paid back for that. And uh, in, in like two to three weeks, they're switching the consumer financing on and they're shifting the debt back onto the consumer, uh, which is kind of a big deal. Uh, Vivint is the only home security company to do this. And uh, we've been in, we've actually been in conversations and meetings over the last several weeks where Purple has come up as an example that we liked as far as messaging your consumer financing. And and, an example of that, and I wish I had it up here, actually. Uh, I think it's just financing at the, is that right? Onpurple.com slash financing. Mm -hmm. And the the first thing that you have at the top, uh, actually, this is what I was, oh, no, no, your ads. So the the landing page that the Facebook ads go to, I actually do have those up. Um, You talk about, or at the very top, you just have a little graphic that says attractive financing plus mattress, picture your mattress equals, and then the bunch of Zs, mm-hmm. right? Um, my question is coming around the design of this page because as we're trying to figure out the way to design our pages to, to have the best impact and the best messaging for consumer financing, which isn't what you call it. You don't like put consumer financing on there. Uh, and, and maybe this is going back pretty far because you had mentioned that it's early on that you implemented this, what is the strategy as far or the messaging to try to get people to understand that uh, it's a good thing, right? Like you don't have to pay interest for the first six months or whatever. What, like, was there a strategy behind that? And what, what, what success have you found? So I know it's super trendy to be 
completely transparent. So there's some things I can share about this and there's sure. other things I can't. Um, so we, we've seen a massive increase by offering financing, like very, very substantial. I, I can't, I'm not allowed to give the specific percentage, mm-hmm. but it's, it's massive. Um, so we tested all kinds of different placements and the example that you showed just is the one that brought us the, the best results. So, um, it, it is strategic. It's fitting it in the right part of the funnel, the right part of sequencing within our email strategy and the different touch points. So it, it's something that we're constantly experimenting with. I don't have the definitive answer of, yeah. you know, this step, it changed everything just by offering it. We saw a massive lift, but now we're kind of in the process of optimizing. When do we, uh, you know, let people know eventually as we get smarter and we have better data, we'll know, uh, you know, more specific demographic information or, you know, income information where, you know, we'll have to assume these people need to see this financing message sooner than somebody else might, for yeah. example. Uh, so it's something that, it, you know, if I was to say five core messages for purple, that would have to be a top five, you know, it's, this is a thousand dollar item. So you're talking about value propositions, right? And that, that image basically illustrates in, you know, visual format, what your value prop is, mm-hmm. uh, where the, uh, you had mentioned that you tested others, were there some that just totally bombed? Well, uh, you know, most people educate through a really small ad and then a big landing page with lots of information. Yeah. So we wanted that graphic to be super, super simple, make it feel like it's an easy thing to do, which, which we think we've made it an easy thing to, to finance. Um, you know, that was the point is just to simplify it, make sure the message is, is available and, and there if they want it. Okay. Your other value proposition, which I like, is that uh, financing has never been so sexy. <laughs> so I like that. And we have a non-sexy person in that image. I wish you, I wish you all could see it. Yeah, you'll just have to go there and get get financing for your mattress. Uh, the other topic I want to touch on was reputation management. Uh, you guys have pretty good reviews. Uh, I imagine most of those come organically. Uh, do you have a system in place to handle negative reviews? We do. Uh, we take the time to to respond uh, to negative reviews, and uh, you know, luckily we have a great product, so it's it's mainly organizing those. A lot of people don't believe that our reviews are legitimate, which blows my mind uh, that we would, they think we would be that deceptive because we have so many so fast. I'll tell you, I'll tell you why, because a lot of people do that. (laughs) A lot of people have fake reviews. Yeah. So sincerely, we didn't send an email to employees. We didn't do any of that stuff. Uh, We literally sold a ton of mattresses this year Mm -hmm. and a vast majority of people love, love the mattress. So, you know, the small percentage that don't, um, what are their complaints? What are they complaining about? Uh, you know, there's all kinds of different things from... Um, like the egg test didn't work? No, th- that's <laughs> mainly people that look at our marketing that will yeah. complain about that, which that was also real and we did not fake. Yeah. Uh, you can choose to believe that or not or come by and we'll do it again. <laughs> Bring your own bed. We'll try it out. Um, but, uh, you know, review management is the lifeblood of e-commerce and it's something that you need to focus on and be real with. And, and we have to leverage our personality and, you know, try to make people smile when they engage with us, even if they don't like the bed, cause that's who we are. We're a fun company and you know, you're never going to solve every person's complaint. Uh, but if they can see that you, you listen to them and that you value them and you're trying to solve the things that don't work for them, um, I think people appreciate that. So we, we've seen some of those one-star reviews. Maybe the bed still wasn't for them, uh, but they turned around their their opinion of the company. 
Um, so I believe it's worth whatever you, whatever time you can put to it to engage with those individuals. You have, you have developed kind of a fandom, right? So there are videos out there, consumer made videos where they're, uh, emulating the egg test. And I've seen some of them. Uh, do you do anything to kind of cultivate that kind of culture to get more and more people to kind of back you up in that fandom type way? So everyone's seen Goldilocks. They've seen yeah. our Sasquatch video, all these other ones that have millions and millions of views. We actually have a lot of customer videos that have millions and millions of views, and it's not – it wasn't all organic. So we found ones that we liked. We asked for their permission, got everything legal, and then we promoted those uh, because they're real experiences, and it's not us faking it. And some of those drove millions of dollars in sales for us. It's, it's really crazy and unexpected, and we hope to continue – continue to do that as more customers share videos. Like, do you have someone in charge of uh, monitoring whether or not people are posting videos? I mean, do you have social listening tools where you're just trying to find all of this so that you can kind of, you know, make a collection? How do you you find all that? I I could lie and say that we have some super advanced tools, but we all are just watching YouTube and Facebook all day at work and that's all we do. So we we find them all. (laughs) No, but no, but seriously, we, it, New videos uh, don't go unnoticed. We're, we're all looking uh, pretty aggressively. Uh, we could get more advanced in how we do that for sure. Have you ever had uh, content creators ask for a little compensation? Not – well, we've had people ask. We have not pursued that yet. Yeah. Um, so if they ask and you say no and they say, okay, never mind, and you just kind of move on. I'm assuming you would say no and they would say, all right, well, you can use it anyway. Yeah. So, so we know for a fact like most of our competitors are paying people – because they'll come to us and say, these guys offer this. So obviously you're going to send me a free mattress and do that. Well, we've had a back order since we launched and literally like right now, I think it's about two weeks. It's been as high as almost, I think it's approached two months. So we're not giving anything away anytime soon because we're selling, we've been selling more than we're making for Mm -hmm. the past year. That's Um, so crazy. So maybe I'll change my mind in the future. (laughs) No, no, I, I tend to avoid that strategy if at all possible. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's worked. Okay, so aside from uh, you guys have uh, created video, um, you, you've promoted uh, user-generated videos. I'm assuming there's not a sales team, really? There's a marketing team. Right. And, and you know, there's a, there's a group that's focused on, um, you know, looking and considering retail options. Okay. Um, it, you know, we'd like to have a little bit more biz dev than we have now, but currently all of our sales are direct-to-consumer through uh, our marketing team. Okay. And I'm assuming your uh the typical uh funnel is go to the website, click buy, deliver. Um do you guys have any like nurturing set up uh or content built to to nurture people who have kind of gotten a little bit further down the funnel but then backed out? Sure, we're we're HubSpot fans. Uh even with our advertising there's a ton of sequencing. People think we, you know, we're just promoting a video and reshowing them that video over and over. There's a lot of sequencing in in the way we do ads. Uh, you know, uh, we're pretty heavy on the retargeting side and we've done a lot of testing there. Um, and then with, with email, we're HubSpot users and, you know, we have some funnels set up there. Uh, it's, there's a lot of testing still going on there. We're, we're not the best example of where we should be yet. Uh, we're getting better and better, but that's a definite area for improvement. Do you have any idea what your sales cycle is from first touch on? Like how long does it take someone to purchase a mattress? Yeah. Um, so we, we have very good indications. There's tons of exceptions, of course. Um, but a, a bed purchase isn't something, you know, one person typically does by themselves right. in, in most cases. Uh, so we'll see, 
uh, somebody discover purple. Uh, and an interesting thing, a lot of our purchases happen in the evening when they're home with their significant other and they're discussing it. Um, so that's a definite lift time for us. But, you know, it's definitely more than 10 days. The average person considers it for a little bit. It's, you know, not a like purchasing a shirt or something mm-hmm, that's $25. Right. It's $1,000. Uh, so they take their time. They do some research. We definitely see that people have multiple touch points with our ads or with uh, reviews or, you know, even the sites that are referring us traffic. We can see, you know, obviously, where they're looking and doing their research. And so it's a big decision for people. So it takes them a little bit of time. So about 10 days, huh? Yeah, just just a little over 10 days. And do you have an idea of how many touches it takes? Before someone purchases. Ooh, that's a tough one. There's so many exceptions. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some averages, um, but it's it's far from one. So yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's a couple. Okay. That makes sense. Um, do you have any- yeah. I think to wrap up, I just ha- I want to ask you what your um, like one piece of advice would be for, and you can pick either someone who is at the beginning stages of starting their own company, dealing with marketing or someone who's at the beginning stages of their marketing career, what would you say if, if you could pick, pick one of them and give them a piece of advice? So what was the first one again, the beginning stages it, of marketing a, a new company? Yeah. So that, that's the one I default to cause that's, that's what I'm living and breathing right now. Sure. Um, so my first thought, it doesn't sound that cool uh, because everybody says test and learn. Uh, but there, there's a point where, Everybody believes in testing and, and learning from that and improving upon that, but so few people. I learned this in my consulting years that everybody says, if you can prove to me that I'll spend a dollar and make four, I'll ramp, I'll ramp the hell out of that. Right. I'll grow, I'll yeah. grow that. They never do. <laughs> they never do. And that's what made Purple work is that when we found things that worked, we scaled it, and that was in our DNA. Like that's that's what we defined. If this works, we're going to scale it to this. And that made a massive difference for us because people get scared. They get cold feet and they spend all these dollars trying to find marketing channels that work and they find them and they don't use them or they just use them a little bit more than they had planned on doing. So it doesn't sound that cool. It's not like genius advice, but nobody ever really scales the things that work for them. Do you think it's just because they they don't have the guts to go full in? Definitely. That's 100% it. And if you look at Purple, it's a crazy story. We have... You know, nine figure, uh, we have a nine figure run rate right now. And we started in January of 2016 and people would think that's ridiculous. And we raised no money. This is, you know, self-funded, a self-funded business. Uh, so I think it was just having the guts and moving forward. And I, I think too many people are scared to do that. And it, and it wasn't, we, you know, there was no debt. There was no, none of that. We found the things that worked and we scaled it. And I think so many other businesses could do that. Uh, when they find the right things, they just grow it a little bit and don't grow with it as much as they should. Purple is starting our mattress revolution. I have two quick questions, and then we'll, and then we'll wrap up. The first one was you mentioned that you're hiring, so I imagine there are either either it's part of scaling or you've identified some gaps that you want filled. Uh, what positions are you hiring for? So we have a content acquisition opening, creating content for ads, and you know different types of copy that we do. Uh, we have a graphic design position and to me, I can't think of a better place to work than purple for graphic design. We have a lot of fun images out there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what else comes to mind? Uh, you know, social advertising, we can't get enough of great social advertisers. Uh, so those would be some of the core okay. positions right now. We'll go ahead and fill those f- for you. All right. Okay. Yeah, with, the, with those listening, 
Uh, I imagine they can just find the positions on the website. Or they can just email me as well, Alex at On Purple. Cool. My last question that we'll end on is, do you sleep on a purple mattress? Of course. You do? Of course, yeah. Okay, good. I love it. It's great. Yeah, that would have been awkward if you Do you sleep on a purple mattress? I sleep on a purple mattress. That makes me happy. Paxton? I do not. (laughs) What do you sleep on? I don't even know. It's uh, some... uh, Right now I I sleep... Jacob... uh, coined it uh i sleep in a coffin basically yeah uh there's like the indent is so deep in my mattress that uh like i can't even move out of that little valley so we call that the sweat canoe a lot of people have the sweat canoe <laughs> that is gross uh so we're we're, we're probably going to be in the market here uh pretty soon for, yeah for another I, mattress. I left i left my coffin to get a purple uh do you have referral bonuses for anyone who uh gets <laughs> we are close on a purple points program okay. we're not there just yet so just wait until that launches before you get your purple. Pack. You have affiliates, right? We do have affiliates. Uh, it's it's not a fully open affiliate program. We've been very selective with with who's in there. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's all the time that we have. Thank you, Alex, for coming on the show. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. One of the best for sure that we've had. Um, if you want to get in touch with uh, with the show, you can reach out on email. It's inbound at belowthefold.io. Alternatively, you can get in touch with us via Twitter at below the fold IO. Uh, if you are looking into uh, submitting questions, topic ideas, or would like to be on the show, we, uh, we would invite you to reach out. Uh, again, if you want to reach out to Alex for whatever reason, it's Alex at onpurple.com. And lastly, next week, uh, February 2nd, uh, we will have Clint Betts in uh, for the show, and he is uh, CEO. Yeah, he's CEO of, of Beehive, Startups. Beehive Startups, and he's also an executive board member. The exec, what's his title over there? At uh, I think they're all just executive board members. So he's an executive board member at Silicon Slopes. Silicon Slopes. Yep, uh, and that's next week. Until then, we'll catch you below the fold. <laughs>